Hello, and welcome to the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Harmon, and I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Thank you for taking time out of your schedules or adding me into your schedule. Today, I want to talk to you about common dating myths that I see all the time. This is something that I have gathered from the Sunday questions that I do on Instagram. I offer my followers an opportunity to ask anonymous questions. And so I'm drawing from some of the common questions that I get to share with you some of the common dating hiccups that I see. So without further ado, welcome to Dating Myths, Common Dating Hiccups with the Dating Counselor. Let's go. One of the common dating myths that I hear a lot is this idea of compatibility in a relationship. How compatible do we need to be? And it comes under this umbrella of like, am I being too picky or am I not being picky enough? It also begs the question of, well, doesn't my partner need to be perfect for me? So what is a perfect for me partner and what does that look like? This is a really great question because ultimately we don't want to be dissatisfied in our relationship, right? We truly want to be with someone long-term that is going to increase our happiness and increase our joy and not be responsible for creating a choice that makes us feel even more and miserable and disconnected from our loved ones and our family. So I get the heart of where this comes from just this really vulnerable place of not wanting to make the wrong decision. Sometimes though, the desire to not make the wrong decision can absolutely cripple us to the point that we can't make a decision at all. We feel paralyzed and we feel this immense sense of being trapped in, I don't want to let my partner go, but I don't think that I can move forward because I'm so concerned about our compatibility and are we going to work out and how is this going to look like and work that we have this uh, decision-making paradigm open before our eyes pretty much constantly all the time. The analogy I would think of is if you were to imagine that there were different boxes in your life that would show up and kind of say to you, these are the different areas of my life. This is work. This is family. This is my yard work. This is my social activity calendar. This is my religious services, etc. When you're making decisions, for example, about your job or while you're at work, you're in that arena, you're kind of in that box and that box is open and you're thinking about all the things that are going to go on inside that box. And if you kept that box open all the time and you were worried about all of those same things, like on the weekend while you're in your social calendar, it would affect your ability to be present and focused on your social calendar. And likewise, if you were to open all the boxes at the same time, sometimes we have a tendency to open all the boxes at the same time because we just want to see how everything is connected. There's room for that. It's fine to do that. But what we don't want to do is have that open all the time. When we open all of these things at the same time and we're trying to see how everything goes, it's like we're trying to be a fortune teller. We're trying to open um, our crystal ball or, you know, look into the future and say, like, I'm going to be able to succinctly predict what's going to happen. And we're not. And that's what makes relationships a risk. 
And that's what makes relationships um, so great because there's so much unknown. But how we deal with that unknown is often through trying to control what we can control. So let's shift the perspective on this question. My partner needs to be perfect or perfect for me. And let's ask this question called, I need to feel safe. What can I do to feel safe? Because really, I think that's the underlying question here is my partner doesn't need to be perfect. I need to feel safe. And one of the ways that I'm creating safety is through this myth that my partner needs to be perfect. So first of all, let's debunk the myth. Nobody's perfect. And if they are pretending to be perfect for you and you're not fighting or anything like that, then there might be a little bit of a pretending thing happening and you need to draw out your partner and like invite them into a space where you can get to know each other better. This is a really important piece is that you have to kind of help pull them out and create safety for them just like they are have that opportunity to do that for you. When you're coming into life, what you're saying is like, I don't know what's going to happen in life. And you're trying to choose a partner that says like, no matter what happens in life, I'm going to choose to go through that with you. And so rather than I don't know if I want to choose you or I don't know if I want to let you go, what I want you to do is think about how can I create safety and how can we create safety? So choosing the perfect partner for me looks like, am I choosing someone who is choosing to create a safe relationship with me. That means we will fight, we will have highs and lows, we will have ups and downs, but this person ultimately is going to commit and choose to work things out with me, and I am going to commit and choose to work things out with them. That is what it looks like to be a perfect partner. Um, you are going to have incompatibility. So let's talk about that for a second. Take a break. Take a deep breath, re-listen to this section if you need to. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what incompatibilities are even in the arena of that's okay. Okay, let's talk about differences in a relationship because you have come to the conclusion in a very healthy way that you recognize you and your partner will be different from each other. So what differences are okay? Well, the answer to this question is a little bit of a journey. So I'm going to explain to you a concept called within normal limits. Within normal limits means uh, it's a phrase that we use to try to determine what is normal. Normal is a word that we can't really pinpoint to a very specific place. And so we look at it on the on a spectrum and we kind of put some parameters around something that is within normal limits. So as an example of that, we would look at your relationship and we would say, um, is it within normal limits for your partner to ask you to meet their family? And the answer is yes. If you're considering getting serious with each other and it's a moment of just gathering some information, even if you're not getting serious, it is within normal limits to say, I'd like you to meet my family. Now, if you as a person have a reaction to that and say like, no, absolutely, I cannot, I don't want to, that feels way too scary to me, too serious, then that reaction would be outside of normal limits. And so if you look at it on a black and white space and you say like, well, they want me to meet the parents and I don't, we're just so different, we just value so many different things, the answer would be actually it's within normal limits for a relationship for a couple's 
to meet each other's family. And so you as an individual who doesn't want to would need to stretch and look at yourself and say, how can I get myself inside of those normal limits? So let's look at another example of differences and what's within normal limits and what's without. In my relationship with my husband, we both really enjoy watching movies. And so it's within normal limits, I think, for a lot of couples to find movies that you enjoy watching and, you know, series that you binge or, or whatnot. That's within normal. Um, the genre and the things that you like inside of those are going to be based on your personality and on your interests, right? So it's within normal limits for us to have our own personal interest and uh, desire to watch different genres of film and movies. So what would be outside of normal limits would be, um, some, let's say someone who absolutely loves to watch movies and, you know, that kind of falls within normal for the family, but then you're choosing to be with someone who absolutely hates to watch movies and that's just something that they are, have no interest in. That is also something that there is a certain population of people that are just completely not interested in that. So that would be a difference. They're like, okay, this isn't an area that we find compatibility. And if these are areas that are really, really high value to me, then I need to look at that as being like, maybe we are too different. So it's the, I would love to watch movies a lot, or I don't watch them at all. That would be a little bit hard to navigate. You'd have to find some other things to do. But if you're both into movies, but just different types and genres, then you just become um, looking at compromising on finding things that you like to watch. Um, let me see if I can come up with another example for you here, because I feel like this is an important concept. Uh, let's look at the topic of having kids. It's within normal limits to anticipate that you, when you get married, you'll have a conversation about, are we going to have kids or not kids? And that most likely you'll have that conversation beforehand. It's normal to think, or with, excuse me, within normal limits to think about what you, that might look like, feel like, sound like. And so being really firm on the number of kids that you want to have is something that may develop over time should you both want kids. That's within normal limits. What would not be would be to have someone say, I do not want kids and never do, and have a partner say, well, I do, and hopefully that will change for them. And so let's get married and I'm hopefully that's going to change. That would be outside. That would be something that there is an incompatibility and a difference there that is unlikely to shift. So I hope that kind of creates um, some safety. What, what we're doing is we're just trying to feel like what's within normal for us as a society um, that you choose to live in as a couple uh, fits in the compatibility of the relationship, but not that you have to enjoy all of the same things, just that you enjoy the areas and arenas of the same things so that you can enjoy them together. For example, if you enjoy uh, rock climbing and your partner enjoys being outside, you can both enjoy being outside and maybe one observes rock climbing or belays or something while the other person actually climbs. That would be an area of compatibility that's within normal limits. So my dear, dear listeners, this just kind of comes back in full circle here just to remind you that your partner being perfect for you looks more like a choice. Do I want them to be the one? Do I want to be with them? Am I going to say, no matter what happens in life, I want to be with them? 
sometimes the happiness that we're looking for is squelched by having the decision open way too much. Try to do activities that create connection and create attachment and, and growing in fondness to each other instead of constantly focusing on the decision. And also notice that once the decision is made to choose each other, then you consciously work on choosing each other every day. And therein lies your opportunity to grow your relationship because life experiences that you go through together will naturally increase your love for each other. I hope this helps as I, we talk a little bit again about debunking dating myths and this, this myth that my partner needs to be perfect. They don't. The Dating Counselor Podcast Season 5 is brought to you by Bonded. Bonded is Utah's first permanent jeweler. It was created by two childhood best friends that wanted an exciting bonding experience, you know, like getting a friendship tattoo, but, you know, with less commitment. When they couldn't find a bonding experience like that, they created one, and they created it with permanent jewelry. Permanent jewelry is unique because it doesn't have a clasp, and it's custom fit to you. So it's bonded onto you with a spark or with a flame. I really love the beautiful jewelry that they offer. You can do chain jewelry and they released recently their own exclusive bonded bangles. All of their jewelry is 14 karat gold or sterling silver and it can be worn every day. I'm always talking with you guys about connection and bonded jewelry, I feel like, is this really unique way to remind yourself of someone special that you're then bonded to, or maybe a significant life event, or even a commitment that you've made. I really know that you're going to love bonded jewelry as much as you love the meaning behind it. Learn more about them on Instagram at Bonded Bracelets, or head over to bondedbracelets.com to schedule your bonding experience. Okay, let's talk about another dating myth that I hear all the time, and it's the spark. The spark is the term that we use to describe that deeper connection that has been forged between you and someone that you're interested in romantically. A deeper meaning for the spark is more just this space of like, I just want to feel something. I want to feel something unwritten. I want to feel some chemistry where I'm physically attracted, emotionally, mentally, and also challenged and stimulated. And I can kind of see my hopes and dreams in their eyes. The spark comes with like a real huge jetpack fueled amount of expectations. So that's the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to dating myths is that you should or should not have expectations, you should settle, you should not be too picky, you should have expectations, you should not settle, and you deserve to be picky. But the idea behind why those those phrases have come up so much is that when we when we look at a human being, we have to remember we're looking at a human being. Human beings are flawed, even in the best ways. Sometimes I think the flaws are the best parts of a person because they become so real and relatable. The flaws are what help us feel like we can connect with someone because we say, oh, I'm flawed. And if they're flawed and I'm flawed, maybe 
I could be accepted and understood because the real desire here in connection is to feel heard and understood. Yes, we want to feel loved. We want to feel belonging. We also want to feel heard and we want to feel understood. So that's why the spark is both real and not real. Um, the myth behind the spark is that you're going to feel it. It's organic. It's going to happen instantaneously and there's nothing you can do about it. That's not spark. That's lust. Lust isn't necessarily a completely evil emotion, but what it is, is this desire to physically connect with someone. And usually lust is what actually hijacks our brain and makes it so we are completely unable to do anything but move forward and pursue this person. It helps us to overcome hurdles because this lust is usually driven by hormones and a huge uh, physical desire. And so sometimes that's where the pursuit feeling comes in because you feel this really strong drive to pursue somebody when you're lusting after them. But the con of that is that you can ignore red flags and you can ignore things that would make it so that you are extremely incompatible. Extreme incompatibility would be things like somebody is agnostic and somebody believes in a higher power um, or God. Um, or another example of something that would be uh, completely incompatible, uh, as I've mentioned before, is a desire to be married or not married, um, or this desire to have kids or not have kids. Um, those are things that can kind of really indicate an extreme sense of incompatibility. So when you're looking at this spark feeling, you need to differentiate between is it lust or is this just something where I'm like, I'm feeling a sense of longing to continue to get to know you. The spark can really just feel like maybe your cheeks are getting flushed. You feel a little bit like your heart is beating faster. And this kind of tingling sensation when you find a kindred spirit or someone that you feel like, gosh, this just feels really good and I am enjoying connecting with them. That is chemistry. That is spark. Those are things that where the connection isn't just less, there is more to it. Um, usually that happens, you know, when you're kind of texting or getting to know somebody before you've met in real life, or it can happen in person, but it's essential that you meet in person before you can truly define and decide if there is a spark there. Uh, if you listened to the podcast episode I did on pheromones and that uh, pheromone experiment, this is also that space of what your body does and how your body reacts to being near and close to them. You might react to their smell, um, the way that you feel uh, in their presence, if they bring out a more masculine or feminine energy inside of you, um, and just how you kind of relate with each other and the cadence of your voices and the rhythms that you get into with your conversation and things like that. It's a really fun thing to explore uh, in dating, but this is where also people can feel burnt out because they are continuously driven to look for that organic connection, AKA the spark. And if they don't feel it, then they feel completely defeated and they don't want to move forward. So it can be really frustrating to go back and forth in dating and just say like, well, I don't feel it or I don't feel that. So I want you to just keep this little tip in mind. The spark, the chemistry develops over time. 
if there is just lust, then it can be that the more things develop, as long as your brain isn't completely hijacked and you make it stay there. Uh, if there isn't necessarily a complete physical connection, that can develop over time as well. So I suggest usually give it about three dates and you can see if things are growing or not growing. This doesn't have to be hard and fast. If you don't feel safe, don't go. But if things look good, you should keep going because the point of dating is personal growth and discovery as much as it is uh, you know, being heard and understood in the journey to be loved and finding a partner. And sometimes going on the dates creates that personal growth and opportunity so that you can truly differentiate for yourself and make better decisions about dating. Okay, the last dating myth I want to talk to you about is the pace of a relationship and what the pace of the relationship build means or doesn't mean. We attach a lot of meaning into how the relationship builds, meaning like how fast we connect with each other or how slowly we are connecting with each other. We mistakenly assume that if it builds quickly, then that means that it's true and the love is real. Because again, we kind of get into this idea that real love happens and your brain is hijacked and you're compelled to be with them and your soul and mind and body cannot be without them. The reason that we believe this to be true is because on occasion that has happened for people and or that is how people explain it down the road. So when someone's been with somebody else for a very long time and they look back on their courtship, they may explain it with words like, I just knew and we just always were together from that day forward and, you know, the rest is history. What that indicates to us in the minutiae of dating is, okay, so I guess I'm supposed to just want to be with them from this day forward. And I guess I'm just supposed to want to, you know, stay up all night talking and I'm not ever going to feel tired and We just think that we suddenly become immune to all these human challenges like eating and sleeping and working because we're just hijacked by this love. I'm not going to negate that experience for some people, but I just don't want to universalize it. And I don't want you to think that your love or your creation of a relationship and love of someone is somehow less special because it didn't start like that. I've shared this before, but just again... Um, My husband and I met originally in January and didn't really talk to each other much. We were in like a combined LDS wards uh, auxiliary meetings. And when we did talk about five months later, we did go on a date within a few days. But then our second date didn't happen for about a week and a half after that. The third date, I think, was maybe a week after that. And we didn't text and talk all day long. And we didn't, you know, call each other endlessly for hours on end. We really enjoyed being together. We enjoyed the dates. We wanted to keep going. But I don't think either of us would look back on that and say, oh my gosh, I was completely compelled to be with you. I had to. But now after being together for 12 years and married for 11 at this point, I look back and I think about how organically it happened and how natural it was and how... I was drawn to him and how I really wanted to be with him. And I can use those words to explain it now. But at the time, I didn't recognize it in that same way because I was cautious and because I was scared. And 
because I have an anxiety disorder and that's just the way my brain works. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I'm not mad about it. I embrace that part of myself <laughs> and accept and love myself. The idea is that real love can happen at a steady pace and it can happen over time. And that makes it just as valuable. You don't have to have it go fast in order for it to be real. The idea is to make something lasting, whether that builds quickly or slowly or somewhere in between, you know, the idea is to make it last. And unfortunately, some things that move really, really quickly, they don't really last. And that's something that I'd be more cautious about rather than looking for it to go fast as validation that it's going to happen and it's, you know, amazing and all encompassing. And I just have to, I have to do all the things to keep it going. This is why TV shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, things like that are hard because they do want it to happen so fast and they do want you to create a deep level of connection and kind of conjure these feelings for somebody very quickly. And sometimes what that means is that you've fallen in love with someone based on how you imagine them to be or how you think they are in your head versus how they really are. The only way to get to know someone for how they really are is to be with them, spend actual time with them and go have adventures together and have regular life together. That happens through the day in, day out. And sometimes we want to fast forward that and just get to the best parts where we know each other. But you can't. You can't miss the middle just because you are so interested in getting to the end. You have to do the middle part, the conversations, the so where do you live? Where do you work? What do you like to do for fun? You've got to do all that stuff as well as the you know, okay, we got to meet each other's families. And now let's try our first vacation together. And we need to do all these steps, because these are the things that are going to give us the information that we need to know about each other. And also, that feeling of self esteem and comfort that comes when you truly do know someone, you know how they react under stress, you know how to fight and how to resolve, you know how they need to be loved, you know how they need to be uh, when they need to be kind of like left alone or how to soothe them. These are things that come through the opportunity to spend time with somebody. And that's the work. That's the work that we have to do, you know, and you deserve the best parts and someone deserves to know the best parts of you. So I don't want you to give up on that just because it seems like it's so long and far away. It's closer than you think. And, you know, the the thing you really need to focus on here is your mindset. Your mindset has has as much to do with if you're going to find somebody as, um, you know, just the fact that do you believe that people exist that could be compatible with you? Do you believe that you are worthy of love and belonging? Those are mindsets that you need to be in in order to be able to create that relationship. And that's like a whole other podcast episode that we could do. But I just want you to think about that when it comes to this myth of it has to be really fast for it to be real. I would suggest you change that to I'm allowed to have a relationship happen at an organic pace and time. And all ways of starting a relationship can be real and true. But I have to do the work and it needs to take time to do the work. And that's my responsibility as an individual as much as it is my partner's. I have loved doing this episode on dating myths. I think that there's some amazing questions that have been given to me and shared with me on my Instagram on Sunday afternoons. And I have a little highlight bubble that has a lot of the questions saved there. So you can go ahead and check that out. You can also go ahead and submit a question in the middle of the week if you want to, and I can get to it on Sunday when I go ahead and post. 
or look for me between the hours of 4 and 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Sunday nights on Instagram and uh, shoot your question. I, uh, I love doing this podcast. I love being able to interact with all of you in this way. And I genuinely appreciate you being here and taking the time to listen. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world. And that more than anything that you really truly know that you are worthy of love just as you are right now today. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor, or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon.